Hey, my name is Bill. And my name is Danny, and we are a, a couple, couple of park, park hoppers. hoppers. Back by popular demand, it's time for another episode of our fan favorite series, Magical or Tragical. We'll be discussing every bit of entertainment one single theme park has to offer and give our honest opinions on each one. Next up, Disney's Animal Kingdom. Let's hop to it! that we're going to do this about Animal Kingdom. Um, a lot of people sometimes like to say that Animal Kingdom is a half-park day, and I strongly disagree with that. Or a half-day park, if you rather. What did I just say? A half-park day. It's, I, mean, I guess it makes sense either way. Yeah, I was like, wait, hang on, what did I say? A half-park day. Regardless, people always are like, oh, you only need like, you know, a couple hours to get through Animal Kingdom. Yeah. And if you're only giving yourself a half a day to get through Animal Kingdom... In my humble opinion, you are doing it wrong. Uh, there's, there's so much stuff to see that that isn't even listed on you know the uh, the attraction wait times and stuff on the website. There's so many animals to see at Animal Kingdom outside <laughs> of the Kilimanjaro Safari. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, and all the other little exhibits. But it, it's really really cool to actually kind of walk around and see what they really do have there. Yeah, the cool thing about Animal Kingdom is. Uh, I mean, it. at the end of the day, Animal Kingdom is a zoo, and it, they are a zoo that does things very, very right. Uh, and, you know, when it comes to zoos, they're all, you know, they all have to follow a lot of rules and regulations with AZA, the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. And a lot of people don't realize what is really happening behind the scenes there, how much work they do, how much good they do for animals. And just how much there is to learn and enjoy at that park. Yeah. And uh, if you're genuinely curious about some of that behind the scenes stuff, there's a really, really great special on Disney Plus called uh, Behind the Scenes of Animal Kingdom, I believe. And it's produced by so. Disney and, and National Geographic. And it is really great. It's an awesome peek behind the scenes. Uh, one of Danny's friends, uh, Missy, is actually in it. Shout out to Missy. Yeah. Uh, you are a, a Disney Plus star. And the legendary Dr. Dan. <laughs> yes, he's amazing. You gotta love it. It's a great special. Go check it out if you want to see the magic that's done behind the scenes at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Yes, and um, I just saw recently that they are filming a second season. Ooh, fun. Yeah, so we're going to get to see more of that. And I think it's really cool to see in the past, I don't even know how many years, that zoos and aquariums are tr are kind of like, you know, letting people peek behind the curtain. Because a lot of stuff people don't understand about the care of animals like at zoos or anywhere. And, you know, anybody who has an animal at home knows that it's not as simple <laughs> as it no, always seems. No, it's definitely not. So, uh... We are going to talk about Animal Kingdom, though. So if you guys are visiting, you kind of get a taste of how we feel about some of these things. For sure. Um, so, yeah, we are back with our very... Um, a lot of people messaged us after the first magical or tra tragical that we did for Disney's Hollywood Studios. And they were like, we loved that episode. You should definitely do more of those. And we were like, well, funny story. <laughs> They're coming, but not in back-to-back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back -to -back weeks. We're going right. to kind of spread them out and, you know... 
over the next couple of months, we're going to be releasing different Magical or Tragicals. And we're also right. going to do Universal SeaWorld, maybe Bush Gardens if we get there. I think what we're... I mean, we we definitely need to get Theoretically, there. Theoretically, it could be a never-ending series if we start traveling. I mean, I think that we should definitely have one of those, you know... After we finish all the ones we've been to, when we visit new parks, we can, you know, when we feel comfortable doing a magical or tragical, yeah. you know, being able to sit down and go through all those things. The tough part is when you go to a park, you really need to have like, in order to really do a magical or tragical the right way, you need to have a good idea of everything in that everything. park. Everything. Yeah. Because we left, we leave no stone unturned in these episodes. Yes. Um, but yes, so this week we'll be doing Disney's Animal Kingdom, as you can tell by the music and everything we've been talking about for the last four minutes and 27 seconds. Um, but yeah, we're really excited to do this episode. So you want to dive into it? Yeah. So I think we should start with shows and entertainment. Sounds good to me. Any particular order you want to go in or I, let's just go over our list here. I think let's just kind of pick and choose as we feel inclined to do. For sure. For sure. Okay. So for shows and entertainment, let's uh, let's jump right in with uh, one of the longest tenured shows and entertainment uh, pieces, I guess, at Disney's Animal Kingdom, and it's located inside the trees, the park's icon, the Tree of Life, and yeah. that is "It's Tough to Be a Bug," which is a theater-style 3D show that is based on a bug's life. And what are your thoughts? on it's tough to be a bug because sometimes this show can be really fun so i'm going to go with tragical for this okay one. okay the reason for this is because i think that this show sorely needs to be updated whether they're just like fixing the you know the actual uh screens and stuff and kind of cleaning it up like they did for filler uh fill our magic uh -huh. or uh that's a great point also you know adding a little more to the animatronics because the animatronics are great but we have seen that they could probably use a little bit of love too yeah uh also just some of the effects are a little bit rough like there's a part where they sting you i think they sting your butt they sting your butt? Yeah, like there's a isn't there there's a part where like there's like a sting on the butt, if I remember correctly. Maybe. I, don't know. I, I remember like the bugs on your feet and stuff like that, but regardless, what I remember is there's some part where they like the seat like something in the seat pokes you in the butt, if I remember correctly. Oh, maybe. And it depends what seat you're sitting in, but sometimes it can be almost like <laughs> a little bit like intrusive yeah like hey <laughs> buy me a drink first oh, hey, oh. <laughs> like so i think that the show can use a lot of love what are your feelings about this um i do it probably once of every five or six times that i go to animal kingdom and unfortunately i don't go to animal kingdom as much as i should but i do sort of enjoy this show when i'm in there every once in a while like danny was saying the 3d effects are kind of outdated everything seems kind of blurry at times I do like the the animatronic figures. I do really, really like the animatronic figure of Hopper, who's the the villain from uh, A Bug's Life. That's Very a really scary yeah. animatronic. Like it's on the level of like Ursula in the Little Mermaid ride at at, at uh, Magic Kingdom. Right. It's like big and scary and realistic, and that's pretty cool. 
Um, I'm not a huge fan of like the creepy crawlies. I don't like when stuff touches my feet and I don't know it's happening. Right. Um, so overall, I do enjoy this show somewhat when I go see it, but I would also vote tragical as well for every other reason. The fact that it's outdated, it needs love, or just straight up needs to be replaced. Yeah. I think that they could probably also put something different in there. Yeah. As to what? I uh, have I don't no know. idea. But I would say it either needs a, you know, a, a good a nice facelift. Yeah. Or it, you know, eventually I think it should be replaced because that's right in the center of the park. It should be, you know, something that people want to go on. Right. And I I feel like some people would also agree that this is tragical, just like both of us did. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to our next one. Yes, so we're going to move on over to the Asia part of Disney's Animal Kingdom, and we're going to go visit the Feathered Friends in Flight show. And that uh, actually used to be themed to Up for a little while. Right. Uh, But now it's back to its original iteration. It's Feathered Friends in Flight, and the Disney description is, join the animal behavior specialist for a behind-the-scenes look at the free-flying birds of Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park. Visit Anandapur Theater to learn how these specialists care for and train their feathered friends. Now, I really enjoy this show. I think it's really cool to watch people do things with animals live and it not be like fake animatronic stuff and right. be like legitimate animals that are doing these really cool tricks and behavior training and stuff. I think it's really mind-blowing, especially with birds. It's really cool to watch that right. in person. Yeah, so what are you saying? Is it magical or tragical? I'm going to vote magical because it's it's a really cool it's a really good place to to uh, to kind of sit down. Uh, Animal Kingdom can get really hot in the summertime, and yes, this is an outdoor theater, but you're also not walking and running to the next attraction. You're not sweating, so you're just kind of sitting there enjoying a show. And I think it's a good break from the action, um, plus really cool things to see. So I'm going to vote magical on this one. I'm also going to vote magical for this one. My feelings about this is that a lot of times when you visit a zoo or an aquarium, you don't get to see kind of like either a training session or see these animals up close in a different way. Because honestly, these these caretakers or, you know, these the people who take care of these animals are busy doing exactly that, taking care of yeah, these animals. Right. Uh, they don't have time to be just constantly, you know, on stage or teaching people constantly they have a job to do and that's to take care of the animals now there are also you know my understanding is there's some like educational staff around but you know you don't always get to catch that and i think being able to see these birds who are so intelligent and it's so so good for these animals to be doing these training sessions uh that it gives you an opportunity to see it in a different way as opposed to just kind of seeing them chilling in a tree. And one of the things that I personally have learned about animals in my time working with them is that it's so important for their well-being, for their mental health, for their physical health to be interacting in these training sessions. And that's kind of some of the stuff you learn in this show. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that. And again, they're so smart. They usually... At least pre-COVID, they used to get people up on stage. So I don't know if they still do or they will in the future. I don't know. If you guys would actually like to see this in action, last time my family was down here and we were all together, my sister actually got called up there. And we actually have a video of her 
in the show. So if you want to see any videos from the show, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I think it'd be really cool for us to go back and, you know, get a good video for our page for this because a lot of people don't even know that it's there. You can kind of walk by it and miss it if you're focused on something else. So overall, Feathered Friends in Flight, magical. Well, we're going to move on to our next one. And I think I'd like to stick with our bird theme. And let's talk about The Kingdom Takes Flight, Free Flying Macaws. Now, this is a show that takes place right in front of the Tree of Life. Uh, what you do is you basically stand in front of the Tree of Life. The, uh, the people who take care of the birds, they bring the birds out to the front of the Tree of Life. They talk about it. And then they have a free-flying, uh, I don't know what experience. the right, experience, yeah, a free-flying experience where they, the birds fly around in front of the big space in front of the tree of life. Uh, I think that this is personally magical because this is such a cool moment to see how smart these animals are. Um, how well trained they are because it takes a lot of trust between a trainer and an animal to literally let a flighted animal go yeah and know that they will you know they're going going to go through with the training session as intended and macaws are beautiful and strong and seeing them in flight it really hits you when you see that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we've experienced this a couple of times, and I didn't even know what it was until I just saw it one day, where all of a sudden these birds were flying all around. And right. it, was, it was like, what is happening? Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Um, one thing that we did see one time over in the Asia part of the park is that one of the macaws just kind of said, nah, I don't feel like doing this today. And he was hanging out in a tree, and he was just chilling over in Asia. And I think that's a really cool thing that like, you wouldn't expect to see with these uh, with these birds and these training sessions and stuff, but nothing's perfect. And it's really cool to, to see that like one macaw just kind of went and did his own thing, but obviously nothing happened to him and he was, he was fine and all that. But well, what um, we were told was that there was a storm incoming and he kind of was like not happy about that. So uh, he was kind of throwing a fit about it. Gotcha. So he was temperamental. Yeah. And they were like, he's going to come down when he wants to. He's, <laughs> yeah. uh, he's just. They're and animals. He, and he was talking. So he was like telling everybody like, ah, they're, look, I know. Watch out. Strong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't saying that, but basically. In his I want to go to the tiki room. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say this? Uh, yes. It's 100% magical. I think it's really, really cool. And it's one of those things that, like Danny was saying, it's not every day that you get to see animals in the wild sort of. Versus in an aviary or in a cage or in behind glass. It's it's really cool to see them just out in the open amongst the people. I think that's really awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, I, I love this one. And it's it's so hard for it with this particular episode because a lot of the shows I do feel like I really enjoy. So I feel like I'm like yeah. a one note song tonight. But you know what? That's okay. You're an animal person. So I mean, you're going to lean that way anyway. Yeah. So let's go on to the next one. Yeah. So one really great thing about uh, COVID. Oh, <laughs> I did not like that yeah, sentence. <laughs> one really great thing about COVID or post COVID era at the parks is that they introduced new things and things that we didn't have before. And one thing that they introduced to Animal Kingdom are what's called the flotillas, or basically floating cavalcades. Right. And yes, we had uh, one 
sort of flotilla before where it was the Discovery Island drummers where these guys were literally banging like steel drums and regular drums just on a boat floating around the river throughout the park. And it was cool to watch them come by and it was it was it was neat. But when there was all, all the character experiences kind of went away because of COVID. Right. They brought in three different flotillas in addition to the Discovery Island drummers where you could actually see your character friends on these flotillas all throughout the day. And there's several bridges around the park that uh, you can actually stand on and you can watch and wave at them. Or, you know, they float around the uh, the theater where uh, another show that we're going to talk about in a little bit happens. Um, but seeing the characters out and about more at the parks has been probably the best part about what's happened since COVID started. And also just one note, uh, during the holidays, they also allow for like they had some of the characters in their costumes yes. on the floats. They yep. had Santa Claus mm-hmm. on one of the flotillas. Yeah. Yep. But I want to hear how you feel about this one. Magical or tragical? Yeah. So definitely magical. It's something that new and exciting that has happened since the other thing happened. Uh, but seeing three different flotillas, one of them is Mickey and Friends. So usually you see Mickey and Minnie, I think, is on are on that one. Sometimes Pluto too. Mickey, Minnie, Pluto, yeah. Um, and then there's the Goofy and Pals, which I think is Goofy Chippendale, maybe? The thing is, sometimes they'll mix it up so it's hard to really yeah, say. Yeah, there's no set you know, performer list, I guess. Uh, and then the third one is the Discovery River Character Cruise, which usually features characters from The Lion King. I know Timon is usually on there, and I forget who else exactly, but I know for a fact Timon is always on there. Yeah, there it's usually um, Timon and Rafiki. Rafiki, yes. Um, yes. Another one that is that I've seen because they haven't been mixing it up through the pa- the past like whatever two years. Yeah, they also had a <laughs> a duck float. Oh yeah, where they had uh, what's his name. Um, Launchpad McQuack. I always <laughs> Launchpad is such a like it's just such a long name. Yeah, he used to uh, meet over in uh, Dino Land USA over at Donald's Dino Bash. Yeah, and then they would have, like Donald, and then I'm trying to remember, Daisy sometimes. Daisy, yeah, and then they also had a float with Pocahontas and Miko. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm trying to remember, was there another? It was just Pocahontas. Oh, and John Smith. Okay. Um, I think for a while it was Pocahontas and Miko, and then they did Pocahontas and John Smith. Gotcha. Both on there. Yeah. But I haven't seen that one in a while. No, neither have I. So, Um, but yeah, um, so remind me, you said- 100% magical. 100% 100 magical. magical. Something that was new and introduced and creative that they they put in when the character meet and greets and experiences went away. It was a great addition to the park, and they're constantly going throughout the day, and it's, it's really nice to see them out there. So 100% magical for me. So I would lean toward magical. However, the reason I am going to say tragical is because Animal Kingdom is the most difficult place to watch the cavalcades. Mm -hmm. You are lucky to, if you get to see them, because since they are on like the river... If you are walking by and you hear the music, you are either getting there before the cavalcade passes or you hear the music and you watch the tail end as it kind of floats away from you. So I think the tough part about the flotillas at uh, an animal kingdom is that it's always very difficult 
to catch them. Mm-hmm. And I would say I'm just gonna just to kind of mix it up. I'm gonna lean towards tragical just because they're that's fine. They're so quick and they go by so fast. It's it is really hard to catch them, but I do love them. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm a little bit on the fence about I mean, this that, one, but that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to tragical. But that's the point of cavalcades. They're not supposed to stop. You're not supposed to line up to watch them. They're supposed to just come whenever they feel like it, and it's. That's how it was at Magic Kingdom. That's how it was everywhere. You just never knew when they were coming and they wouldn't stop and they just go right by you. Right. I guess the way I feel is like if you're at Hollywood Studios, you hear it from far away. You can kind of watch the cavalcade go by and you kind of see the whole thing and you're on that main strip. Same with um, Magic Kingdom. But if we talk about Animal Kingdom, a lot of times if you hear it, it's you need to be like in the right spot like it's kind of hard to figure out where it's coming from and sometimes it's hard to catch it the best place to catch it is actually before kite tails yep because or like around that area which we're going to talk about in a little bit but i would say um i'm just going to lean to lean towards tragical just because they're the hardest cavalcades to catch but please don't let them go away i love them (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh, we're going to discuss a show that it has sadly been defunct for a little while, um, but it is coming back in a new form this summer, summer 2022. Uh, we're going to discuss Finding Nemo the Musical, which I said is now gone, but is coming back as Finding Nemo the Big Blue and Beyond yes. this summer 2022. Yes. Um, so let's discuss, because I actually had only seen the original show once. Right. Um you want to go first and talk about Finding Nemo? Because I know you've seen it a bunch of times. So Finding Nemo the Musical is a, I would say like a Broadway style. It's almost. Broadway quality. Broadway quality show yeah. uh, where they go through the story of Finding Nemo the the movie. And the really cool part about this is the sets really transform you to each like each piece of the movie and it's impressive how big these sets are and they kind of shrink you down almost to like a fish size and then there are different like fish and jellyfish and all sorts of i guess you would call them puppets that are beautiful puppets all throughout the theater also the music is so much fun and so wonderful and it gets stuck in your head the performers are absolutely incredible and it really is a hidden gem for animal kingdom and Mm -hmm. people were really upset when it went away i never really almost even didn't even know it was there for the most part when i was going to animal kingdom um and i fortunately got to see it once but that was the only time i got to see it before it went away so um yeah i i i liked it there was a lot of songs that i didn't know because Finding Nemo doesn't have a lot of songs. Right. Um, so that kind of took me out of it a little bit for me. Uh, but the the production, the puppets, the stage, the sets, everything was amazingly well put together and, and beautifully done. So because of my, my first experience with the show and like I said, not really knowing any of the songs and just not being familiar with those songs i guess i would lean tragical for the original version okay personally this is just my opinion this is not 
this is no, this does not reflect the company in any way, shape, sure. or form, <laughs> as a couple of park hoppers. Um, but I personally would lean tragical. But I am very excited to see what the new one's all about this summer. So um, I'm going to lean tragical. But what are your what are your thoughts here? So I say magical. Uh, I think this the quality of the show is absolutely wonderful. Uh, it's one of those shows that, like you said, a lot of people don't know is there. Now, uh, the reason I would say magical is also because, one, you get a wonderful, immersive show. Two, you get out of the heat. You're yes. in a beautiful, air-conditioned building. And everyone is just so, t- so, so talented. Now, uh, my my only argument for you is just about this when we saw frozen you went through and like listened to all the soundtrack before we saw it yeah but 80 percent of the songs were from the movie so i knew them already right well i just wonder if like you had had the finding nemo the musical and like listened to it before like if you would maybe feel different because i wonder if you like kind of more like to know it before you see it. oh i definitely do that's that's a that's a problem that I have, but it's, it's not, not, a, a not a problem. That it's a preference. Has. It's not a problem. Sure, sure. Uh, it's. I mean, I feel like you seem to also experience it the way you would experience a concert, in the sense that I wouldn't necessarily want to see an artist that I don't know any of their songs. Right. Whereas, uh, like I would study quote unquote yeah. for that oh we're we're gonna look at set lists and we're gonna jam out the entire night we're gonna have a good time right that's, that's how i like to do concerts but like for me i like to when i watch a musical i don't mind not knowing the songs because i like to watch the the way that the artists yeah. interpret what they're singing right but again it's preference and so i'm gonna go with magical you're gonna go with tragical you know what? It's okay to have difference of opinion. It's good to disagree. It's great radio. Now, I do want to say that we will, like Bill said, go and see The Big Blue and Beyond or Finding Nemo, The Big Blue and Beyond. And we will be reporting back when that comes out. And I'm sure as long as we are able to, we will make sure we have a 4K video for you mm-hmm. when we if get to see allowed, that. If we're allowed, we will film it. If we are allowed. I don't, I don't see that not being allowed. But again, uh-huh. we'll see. We'll see. But... Let's move on to our next show. Uh, this is another one that has been around for, I don't even know when the Festival of the Lion King started. Neither do I. But we are, now let me ask you, do you want to talk about a celebration of the Festival yes. of the Lion King? Yes. You don't want to talk about the original one? Not really, because it's coming back this summer and we're, we'll go see that and we'll report back and see if there's anything that's different from the original iteration that we know. So let's let's discuss a celebration of the Festival of the Lion King. Okay. Unless you really want to talk about the other one. Let's uh let's give our opinion on each one. Okay, fine. Uh, a celebration of the Festival of the Lion King. It's a whole mouthful. A celebration of the Festival of the Lion King. It's a celebration of something of something. Right. Um, all right. So uh, my first impression, definitely shorter. Um, we haven't gone and seen it. At least I haven't gone and seen it in a while. But we definitely have seen it since it became a celebration of the Festival of Lion King. Right. They got rid of a lot of the fog effects when you know COVID was kind of running rampant. Um, so that kind of took it a, a little bit away from me. Um, but the biggest thing that I remember not being there were the Tumble Monkey segments. Right. Um, that was a huge part of the show that was always fun to watch. Like 
growing up as a kid, going to the circus every year, um, Ringling, Ringling Brothers, and watching the trapeze people and, and watching them swing on these bars effortless, effortlessly. I thought it was so cool. It's so impressive to watch that kind of stuff live. And having the Tumble Monkeys doing that in this theater right in front of you was really cool and a great part of this show and a very, very... Um, very, very, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like a glaring omission right? from the the original version of the show. So having that gone, uh, having the, I forget what you even call them, the, the can you feel the love tonight scene where they're uh, swinging and dancing from the, uh, from the rope or whatever that is. Right, like you have like the, I guess you'd call them aerialists? Yeah, aerialists, yeah, yeah. Um, so missing the tumble monkeys, missing the aerialists, Everybody kind of being apart, you know, the social distancing thing, the fog effects being gone. It just, it was a very different show for me. Uh, so I didn't love the celebration of the Festival of Lion King, and I would vote tragical on that. Okay, now uh, I'm going to kind of go off of what you said. I totally agree with you. I'm actually going to go tragical for this. Based on everything that you said, the actual cast is probably sliced in half. The cast doesn't move around the building the way that they normally do. Normally, they're all over the place. They're jumping around. They're, you know, they're running from one side to the other. Interacting with the crowd. They're interacting with the crowd. Um, now, they, uh, I would say also that having the main characters not be able to interact close to each other not having the crowd do the uh what is it called when you do the the yeah the the, uh, the, yeah, uh, the potato thing the potato I, thing I, I know what you, I know what you're talking about the uh yeah the normally they have the crowd like do the, the hakuna matata yeah the hakuna matata they have them like do the slap you, slap clap clap yeah scissor 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 bop all, bop 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 yeah like, all of called. that yeah. I don't, I'm I can't think I of wish what you it's could called. see us doing it because you know yeah. what I'm, you know what we're talking about when we yeah, say that yeah uh, it's uh but yeah they would have them do that they'd have them make a ton of noise yeah they used to pull people out of the audience to try to pretend to do noises so like you know the you have like the young woman and like the the uh not older woman but like she's you know, uh, she like always gets a guy and she's like, oh, yeah. it's your lucky day. Like, yeah. and she like, you know, embarrasses him in front of his family yeah. and stuff. Like and then, snort like a warthog. Oh, honey. Like, yeah, she like definitely is like, you know, kind of teasing fun. Like, oh, yeah, you're with me. It's your lucky day. And then kind of makes him like, you know, want to cover his face. But on top of that, um, they used to have children that they pulled out from the audience and they give them or uh ornaments um instruments and let them play them and walk uh, around yeah. in circles yep and so that is missing tumble monkeys are missing um uh, it's noticeably shorter not having the aerialists actually in the air is like really still pretty but it definitely loses the effect when you don't have the birds flying right and so i would say overall tragical however i will say that this show in its full glory <laughs> is definitely magical uh-huh oh absolutely i was gonna wait till we were done talking about a celebration of the festival of lion king yeah because that i was gonna completely agree with you there the full show is absolutely magical and it plays all day at disney's animal kingdom 
Um, right now, the celebration is literally from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. every single hour except for 1 o'clock. So you can see it all throughout the day if you're looking for some sort of break uh, f- from the action of Animal Kingdom. Like I said, Animal Kingdom's really, really hot and humid some days, and it's really good to just kind of sit for a half hour in the dark AC. Um, well, also, there's so much talent in that yeah, show that totally. you get all the feels like watching it. You're just like, wow, this is how are like, how do people not rave about this when they come to Disney's Animal yeah. Kingdom? Probably because they're not going to because they don't know that it exists. The Lion King music is so powerful and iconic that hearing it performed live is always next level. 100%. So I think we both agree. Celebration of the Festival of the Lion King. Tragical. Tragical. Uh Festival of the Lion King, magical. magical. <laughs> All right. So we've got one more thing to discuss here before we move on to our attractions. So this is a show that was created for the 50th anniversary. Sure was. And it is called Kite Tales. Ooh. Now, what, <laughs> what Kite Tales <laughs> consists of is, let's see, it was two different shows? Or two different three? shows. Okay. For some reason in my head, I was thinking three, but it's just two. Two different shows. So either The Jungle Book or The Lion King. Mm-hmm. And what you had was these uh, people on jet skis dragging around these giant kites that were beautifully made to the music of whatever show you were seeing. Right. And a lot of times you would also have the uh, like additional... I would say like dancers mm-hmm. and performers in the crowds with um, other little, uh, like other little, I don't know what you call it. Props. Like, uh, yeah, they were, they're kind of like, they were like kite puppets is yeah. the best way I would put it. Well, the, the, the official description of Kite Tales on the app is hearts and imaginations will soar as larger than life kites and colorful props dance through the air to the beat of beloved Disney songs. Enjoy two unique shows, each themed to a beloved Disney animated classic, The Lion King or The Jungle Book. Now, the fun part about this is you are outside, you are watching something that we've never seen before at Disney, and one thing that a lot of attention came to was the way that they were landing the kites. <laughs> and when this first started, people thought it was a mistake. The internet was going wild. <laughs> and what they do is since you're on a jet ski, you don't you can't push the brakes on a kite. Right. You need a place for it to land. Yep. And so what was happening was the jet skis were coming to a stop in front of like some of the stadium seating. And in turn, the kite was landing in the stadium, like face first, <laughs> and just completely deflating. Boink. So pe- the first time people saw it, they were like, wow, what a fail. It was on purpose, It was on y'all. purpose. That's and the they've o- done it every time since then. But it was so funny. And I mean, it's amazing to watch. Uh, and it's just very, it's a very, very feel-good show. Yeah. So I want to first hear what you, what your opinion about this is. Um, the more I see it, the less I care to watch it. But the first couple of times that I've seen it, it was super fun. It was very colorful. I love the music from Lion King and Jungle Book. Um, and they did really great covers and iterations of the music from those movies. Um, the kites are interesting. I think some of them are very funny looking. Uh, especially the uh, Pumbaa and, Pumba and Timon one. Thank <laughs> you. Um, and even, is it Mufasa or is it Simba that's flying? 
Uh, you have Simba. You have young Simba. Young Simba and then old Simba, right? Or, <laughs> or is it? Or is it? You have Mufasa. young Simba and adult Simba. That's right. That's right. Because it's uh, it's to can you feel the love tonight? And then to that's the final right. song. Yes. And then you also have Zazu, as well as Pumbaa with Timon holding onto yeah. his head for. Dear for life. dear life, uh, um, but yeah, yeah the, the older Simba or the adult Simba, I guess, looks really funny to me. Um, I don't know, just the way he was made, I don't know if it was intended that way, but he he looks really funny when he's flying. I think his his face looks kind of funky. Well, with ju- the Jungle Book, you also have uh, King Louis. He's got Baloo. Baloo. Is that it? I think so. I think I think that's it. So, what is your vote, magical or tragical? Um. Because it's something new, like for the same reasoning that I like the other character flotillas, I think um, if you haven't seen it, it's going to be far more magical than tragical for you. If you've seen it several times, then you probably don't care. So I would vote for, for those of you who probably haven't seen it, I would say magical for me. Just because I like the music, it's it's nice and loud. You get to sit by the water. You usually get, get a pretty good breeze. You get to watch the kites just crash and burn. No, not burn, but crash. <laughs> burn. Um, it's it's really fun to watch. It's only like 10, 11 minutes long. So it's not like a, a, a huge chunk of your day that's taken up. And then you get to just literally walk out the theater into Asia and you jump on Exhibition Everest if you wanted to. Um, so it's a, it's a nice little thing that they have during the day, all throughout the day. So I would vote magical for Kite Tales. So I'm actually I lo- actually love this show, but I'm going to go opposite of you. Whoa, you love it, but you're going the opposite way. Yeah, and uh, here's my reasoning. Okay, I'm gonna go with tragical because of the stadium seat, like the seating. Okay, I have never watched that show and not felt like I was having some sort of a heat emergency. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I have sat in those stadium seats and every single time I feel like I need to dunk myself in a pool of ice. And I think the fact that they don't have covering there for a show that is during the day is needs Tough. to change <laughs> because the thing was that used to be for the, uh, what the old show that happened at night. Yeah. Rivers of light rivers of light. It wasn't an issue. I like go ahead, be my guest, go and sit and try to get the seat you want there and then sit there for an hour in blazing sun. I promise you. It's a great point. If you are watching and uh, you don't have a hat, if you don't have an umbrella, if Mm -hmm. you don't have something, you're going to be sizzling. You're going to (laughs) feel icky afterwards because the, the, the time I went like, the last time I went, I brought an umbrella because I was like, I'm not going to cook myself today. Uh, I'm also going to lean tragical, mostly because of the seating. I just think that it is not a good combo of having people sit there for that amount of time on concrete in the blazing sun. I'm also going to go tragical because I wish there were more options. I wish we had, we've got Lion King, we've got Jungle Book. Why don't we do... Uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Why do we not do Finding Nemo? Why don't we not do... I can't think of any additional... uh, I can't think of any additional movies I would want in this moment. But there has to be... Like, imagine if they added, like, Moana to that and they had the grandmother Stingray and then they had Maui with the boat. That'd be fun. Like, I think there's a lot of possibility 
that we haven't seen come out of that. Yeah. And as much as I love Jungle Book and we obviously love Lion King, I think that for something as big as the 50th anniversary, they could give a little bit more variety. And again, most of my tragical vote just comes from the fact that sitting in on con- up. concrete and metal in the middle of the day is just... It, it used to be for a show that it's, was a night. It's not fun. And now they have a show during the day. They they need to make accommodations because it's just too hot. Sure. So, well, that wraps up our shows and entertainment portion. And we are going to be moving on to the rides and attractions. So, for rides and attractions, I would like to go ahead and start with... Hmm, let's go ahead and start with... Triceratops spin. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I was just, I'm like, I'm glad that we're not going over the ones that are no longer yeah, with no. us. Rest in pieces, primeval world. <laughs> um, fly high on a dinosaur around a twirling tin toy top at this delightful carnival inspired attraction called Triceratops spin in Dinoland USA here at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, I've never been on it personally. But judging by from what I've seen and videos and images and stuff, it's basically dinosaur Dumbo. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. Uh, so I've been on this one. I'm going to quickly say that this is tragical only because of the length of the ride. Okay. Uh, this is all very short. It's it's like going on Dumbo. Yeah. Where if you or waited, Magic Carpets of Aladdin, they're the same spinner type ride. Like less than a minute, Oof. maybe. Yeah. Uh, and also, I just think that it's a, a long wait for a really like short ride. I think it's tragical. It also now at this point doesn't really fit no. like <laughs> Disney's no. Animal Kingdom. Yeah. No. Um, I'm 100 percent agreement with tragical. A, I've never been on it, so I can't really give a valid opinion per se. But the fact that it's located in Dinoland, USA, which is the worst part <laughs> of any Disney theme park, it looks like a roadside carnival fell out of the sky and landed in Animal Kingdom. And it's just so out of place and so ugly compared to the rest of the Disney beautification that they that they practice with their rides and their attractions. It's just so it feels so out of place. It feels worse than Six Flags. It if, does it, feel kind of Six Flagsy in like that area. You've got like the the um, the little games where you like throw the the hoop the hoop at the bottles and you've got like, like all the carnival, carnival games. games and it just feels so out of place at Disney. It doesn't belong there. Um, I hate hate. Dinoland USA. I, every time I walk by it, I'm like, ugh. This Those is, are this fighting is, words. This is awful. It looks terrible. It looks cheap. It doesn't look good. Um, so I'm voting tragical, underlined, bold face, italicized. I will also say that if they keep it, I do hope they add more carnival type rides. Like no, take them all away. You have to have use stuff that for land kids for something too. else. You have to have stuff for kids too. You got plenty of stuff for kids. But, I'm, but what I'm saying is like having some other like fun little rides. I personally like doing the carnival type rides. Okay. I'm still trying to win the uh, Iguanodon <laughs> and I still haven't. That's our dino. And what did I tell the guy last time and then walked away shaking my head? I said, next time I'm going to bring my boyfriend. And I was like, 
wow, are we in the 50s? <laughs> <laughs> but I did win a little Mickey and Minnie that's a uh, yeah. Dinoland USA. I like that kind of like silly stuff, but I'm I I'm in complete agree with agreement with you. I like Dinoland USA. Yeah. I do think it needs once they pulled a what is it? The one you despised. Uh, uh, Primeval World. Yes. Once they pulled that, they needed to add something else or kind of dismantle the whole, yeah. the whole thing. The roughest roller coaster in the history of roller coasters. Now, speaking of rough. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Um, the saving grace of Dinoland USA, the only thing worth doing at Dinosaur at Dinoland USA is Dinosaur. And I really, really like this ride. I think it's great theming. Yes, it's really outdated. You've got Mrs. Cosby as the <laughs> as the as the host. Um, you've got Doctor Seeker, who's the worst scientist in the history. Hello there. <laughs> history of science. Um, he's just. I can't tell if he's evil or not, or he's just like trying to do us a favor and like show us something cool, or he's just evil and like Jurassic Park quality, like turning on the facility. Where he's like, oh, yeah, I know the access codes, but I'm not going to tell you that I know the access codes. Ha, 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 ha. I um, think he's not good or evil. I think he just wants the dino, and he's like... He's greedy. Hey, friend, you want to do something cool? Yeah. Like, he's not like, you know... He's also trying to get us back. Also, he's a liar. He's a liar. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the ride, he keeps saying, we're not going to make it, we're not going to make it, we're not going to make it, and literally five seconds later, we make it, and he goes, I knew it! I knew you would. <laughs> you like, made you're it. You're a liar, Doctor you Seeker. You're the worst. You're the worst. Yeah. But I... the ride is awesome. Um, if you haven't been on Dinosaur and you've had a chance to go on um, the Indiana Jones ride out at Disneyland, it's literally the same thing, except it's just different theming. It's this really cool, like rough ride through. I forget what period we're in. Maybe the Cretaceous period, uh, where we travel back in time. Um, it's the official uh, description on the app is uh, take off on a scary prehistoric tour aboard a rip roaring time rover to save a dinosaur from extinction. Extinction. That's a hard word to say. Extinction. Extinction. Um, but you, the the premise is that you're you're jumping aboard this time rover illegally, thanks to Doctor Seeker, um, and you're going back in time to save. The Iguanodon, which is actually right. a character from Disney's Dinosaur. Right. Um, so if you've never seen that movie, which I haven't. I haven't either. Um, I don't know anything about that dinosaur, but I guess it was put into this ride for that for that very reason when the movie came out. Um, but I like the ride. It is rough. It is very rough. If you can't handle like getting jerked around and like your your shoulder and your back bumping on the seats and like bouncing forward and up and down, then Dinosaur is probably not the ride for you. But I really enjoy the ride every time I'm on there, and it's so quotable because Dr. Seeker is narrating the entire time, and it's like the computer is scanning for dinosaurs, and every time it scans the wrong one, he's like, that's not our dino. <laughs> Definitely not our dino. Not our dino. <laughs> and then finally... You're... At least this one's a vegetarian. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then the Carnotaurus, which is the T-Rex looking thing. When here's a, here's a fun tip. If you didn't know where the photo was on Dinosaur, it's when the Carnotaurus pops out on your upper right hand side. Yeah. And he's roaring at you. Make a face. <laughs> do whatever you're going to do because that's where the photo is. But um, I'm going to vote magical because... Uh, it is literally, like I said before, the saving grace of Dinoland USA and the only thing worth doing on that part of the park. So 
I, I'm definitely going to agree. Magical reason for this is that I think that this ride stands the test of time. Oh, it's still very fun. It stays relevant also because dinosaur animatronics. First off, I've never seen a dinosaur in real life. Mm -hmm. None of us have. So in the dark and the movement, you can almost like believe that they're real Mm -hmm. now. Uh, also, I think that there are two times in that ride where my heart like jumps into like my throat. And that's when they take the photo and the big dinosaur appears because he's really big. Yeah. Like, and he roars at us. Like, he's kind of threatening. Yeah. And so I'm like, whoa. And then also when we go back to like the current time and we do that dive down and they, uh, it's is it the tyran- the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex or no the uh, pterodactyl? Oh yes, when he the like looking thing. Yes, yeah. like when he dives down at us, I always feel like he's way closer than yeah. he actually is, and mm-hmm. for some reason, every single time, my heart like I can feel like my heart go like whoa. Same. <laughs> Same. So I think that uh, this is a fun opportunity. I have a fun family photo. It stands up with the test of time. It's my mom's favorite ride. So I have to say magical, but also I feel That's like it's magical. That's shocking to me. That's your mom's favorite she ride. Lo- she what? doesn't like rough stuff. Well, she <laughs> well, like you were, you, one thing we always talk about is my mom loves Peter Pan's flight. That's like one of her favorite rides at magic kingdom. And so it is, you're, you're not wrong. Like it's not exactly, they're not the same ride. <laughs> they're not similar, no. but yes. Um, so overall dinosaur magical across the board. If Peter Pan's flight was the same thrill level as dinosaur, I would go on it every time <laughs> I go to magic kingdom. <laughs> every time. That'd be so fun. Every single time. All right. So moving along, uh, there is one ride at animal kingdom. It's actually open seasonally. It's not open year round and it is a water raft ride called Cali river rapids. And uh, the Disney is description is set out on a rip-roaring river raft ride. Holy alliteration. Oh, my goodness. Rip-roaring river raft ride through a lush jungle landscape ravaged by illegal logging. Wow. So you're, you're going through the rapids on a... Um, I haven't been on this in probably five years. I think the last time I was on it was with all of our friends when they were down for Disney Mania. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's... It's fun. I, I like going on it. You either don't get wet at all or you get drenched. And so I got not wet at all, and then I got drenched on our second ride. So um, I do enjoy Cali River Rapids. However, it is wildly underwhelming uh, compared to some of the other raft rides down here in Florida. I haven't been to Volcano Bay. I don't know if there's um, a, a raft ride there. I'm not 100% sure. But there's a raft ride at Universal that gets you soaked. There's an awesome raft ride at SeaWorld called Infinity Falls. Um, And this just doesn't do the same thing for me on as those other rides do so i'm voting tragical so i'm gonna jump right behind you and say tragical i didn't even go on this ride when we were here for disney mania wuss that is not why so first off i love a good thrill ride Uh, however if you want me to go on vacation get ready in the morning want to look cute in pictures and then get me on cali river rapids where not only do i feel like the water always smells like that disney water smell bromine on top of that i'm i always get soaked on this 
it, I'll be like, I won't get wet. I'll get soaked. Wear a poncho. Um, on top of this, I will absolutely like just not enjoy the rest of my day if my feet are wet. And I usually don't wear like water shoes at Animal Kingdom. No. And so wet socks are the bane of my existence. And so overall, <laughs> having any part of my body like soaking wet would just really upset me because most of the time I'm not wearing something that's meant for a water park at Animal Kingdom. Sure. So I don't love this. I don't know if what the last time you went on it, there Five was years ago. there was fire. But yes, there, there was. There yeah. was. Okay. So there used to be like fire and stuff and it was kind of cool. Um, I didn't know if it was still on there. We'll have to go on it again just so I can make a a good judgment. But honestly, I, I just feel like I have to prepare to go on this ride. And it's just it's just not my favorite because there's no other water rides to really partake in. It's like mm -hmm. get get soaked and then Go about have, your day. Have fun. <laughs> like <laughs> Dry off in the sun. So tragical for me. Yes. For sure. Um, so yeah, since we haven't been on this ride together in five years, we're just going to kind of move on here. Um, let's jump back over to uh, the other side of the Asia part of the park, and let's go to Expedition Everest, Legend of the Forbidden Mountain. Yes. And uh, you careen through the Himalayan mountains on a speeding train while avoiding the clutches of the mythic abominable snowman um oh. which does not move by the way in or, case you hadn't heard the yeti does not move anymore disco yeti betty the yeti betty the yeti so i uh i just did the expedition everest 5k and i didn't get to ride expedition everest it was down for refurbishment when you ran yes i'm gonna just gonna go ahead and say magical for this ride this is a must ride it's so much fun you catch so much so many g's is that the right way to say that yeah yep g forces and uh it's just an overall awesome fun ride and uh even though they haven't fixed the yeti since like its opening week and never will yeah and if you don't know there was a there is a yeti in the ride that when it first opened it had a mode and b mode and a mode is the yeti literally swinging around mm -hmm. Every time, like a, a ride vehicle passes, it swings his arm down at you, and like looks like he's going to snatch you up. Yeah, and what ended up happening is, I believe she was open. She was running on A for like the first week or two, and then they started to realize that there were, like, I don't, I obviously didn't work on the project, but basically, like, she was kind of ruining the integrity of the building, right? Because she was so big and so strong, and, and so what they and what they did was they switched her to B mode which she doesn't move and it's just flashing disco lights like which strobe. is which is where the term disco yeti came <laughs> so, so it gives the illusion when you're driving by at fast speed the the strobe light makes it look like it's moving right so uh, they originally had a and b so that if she wasn't working it still looked like she was working but <laughs> it's she's just stayed in b mode like her whole existence the basically rest of time so I don't think it takes away from it. I still think when you go by, it's kind of like with Dinosaur, where that last dinosaur makes my heart leap into my throat. I'm like, whoa, she's going to grab me. And I feel like I could reach up and high five her. Yeah. But um, I don't think that necessarily takes away from it. I wish they would fix her, but I understand that it would be a very expensive yes. 
refurbishment that would take a very, very long Over time. Over a year, most likely. Oh, I, I would imagine that makes complete sense. But magical or tragical for you? How do you feel? Oh, this is the best ride in the park. It's, it's not even close. I mean, we're going to talk about another ride that is a very different type of ride that's also widely regarded as one of the best rides in the park, but we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later. But Expedition Everest is probably, prior to Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, <laughs> I've been on it, you mm, haven't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> was my favorite coaster in the park, in, in, in all of Disney property. Right. It was. It's so much fun. You get to climb up, and you get so many different effects. You get. You get to go backwards. You go backwards going up, which you feel these crazy G forces. You get that one big drop coming out of the mountain. Uh, it's. It's fast. It's fun. It's intense for those of you looking for a thrill. Um, and then just riding through the the Yeti is is it, the the Yeti scene is pretty cool. And then the whole queue is incredible. There's actually artifacts and um, pieces of uh not merchandise but pieces of uh like actual like artifacts yeah yeah i already said artifacts i, I was looking for a different word i can't think of a better word yeah yeah so we'll go with artifacts um pieces that were actually used during climbs on every and on everest on mount everest i was gonna say expedition everest but that's not where they were climbing um but yeah so just the theming and everything that joe Rody and his team put into this ride the is just incredible, and so I I can't imagine voting tragical on this ride. I love love Expedition Everest, so hundred percent magical for me. And also, pro tip: best single rider line ever. Oh, it God. goes so fast. It's such a great tip because if you go on a, like a fairly slow day, you know, like 25, 30 minute wait or so for the regular line. If you get off and you hop back in the single line, it's. 10 minutes max and you're back on the ride. I mean, not guaranteed, but most of the time, most of the I time. would, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, but I, I overall love that. Yes. Magical for both of us. Now we're going to move over to, uh, a little land called Pandora. And I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of excited to talk about this. Cause I think we, we, we have varying opinions about this. Let's start with Navi River Journey. All right. So the official Disney description on the app is take a mystical journey by boat deep into Pandora's fantastic glowing bioluminescent rainforest. Now, I had heard some pretty good things about this ride. And then the animatronic of the shaman, which is one of the Navi, um, I saw video footage and I saw photos of this animatronic before I ever rode. And I was like, holy crap, that looks so real. Right. Like that, that is a person in there. Like, there's no way there's not, a, the movements are so fluid. The, the eyelids blinking and the mouth and just singing and everything is like, oh my God, this is amazing. So I have to go on this ride to see this. Yeah. Well, they actually put out a video where she, it was almost like she was talking to the cameraman yeah. and yeah. it was like unreal yeah. to see. She was I, I can't remember exactly what she said, but she was like, oh, was that okay? Do you want me to do it again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it was, was like an outtake. It was unreal. But yeah, so the shaman, you were excited to see, right? Incredible. So I figured, you know, hey, you know, this the rest of the ride is going to be super impressive and really cool. And I got on it, and it's a Pirates of the Caribbean type ride where it's like a slow-moving boat, and uh, you're just kind of floating along through the bioluminescent rainforest, and you see, you know, really cool effects, you know, lighting and, you know, animals running around in the background. 
um, on these these digital screens, which are really clear and they look like they're actually there. Um, and then very quickly, you're at the Shaman and you watch her performance, which is really impressive. Like, you have to see it in person at least once. If you've never ridden this, ride it. Um, and then the ride's over. It was really short. And for how much hype this ride got, I was incredibly underwhelmed. So I almost never go on this anymore unless it's like a basically a walk-on. And it's usually a really long wait. Like right now, looking at the app, it's a 60-minute wait at Animal Kingdom. It's, it's the second longest so wait. It's so long. We'll, we'll walk by it and it'll say, line starts here, 120 minutes. Yeah, it's crazy for like a, like a two-minute boat ride. And um, I always want to ask everybody in line, do you know what you're waiting for? <laughs> I wonder um, how many people get in that line thinking it's Flight of Passage. I don't know. but So you're going to go with Tragical. Oh, 100% Tragical. I'm 100% with you, Tragical. Now, fun fact, um, for this ride, this ride actually opened after Expedition Everest, and they kind of made some modifications to the animatronic uh, so that it could be fixed in a better way than the Yeti could be fixed. So if you go on it, on most days, you are going to see this shaman animatronic that Bill was referring to. However, if there's anything wrong with it, you will actually see a screen with the animatronic on there and you kind of just pass like a video of her. So what they've actually done is they can float that animatronic to the back to take care of her, replace it with a screen, and then in turn, switch it back when she's ready to yeah. you know, rock and roll. It was really smart. So I love that they made that modification because, I mean, you, that's the whole ride. And that's why I'm going to say tragical. The first time I went on this, I was like, okay, what the heck is happening? I completely disagree with you about the screens. I think they're super blurry. Really? I don't love them okay i every time i go on them i'm like and i think they have kind of like layers where it looks like it's supposed to be behind things it is yeah and i don't think it looks convincing or real okay and i don't know if like when's the last time you wrote it uh when my family was here recently yes okay Gotcha. So maybe it maybe it's gotten blurry. And also it was blurry the time during COVID where I walked on by myself. I got trapped on the ride. I did a Facebook Live and everybody in the comments was like, Oh no, why aren't you moving? Are you okay? Should we should we call somebody? <laughs> I literally got caught and I was just talking to people and uh and I was and I felt like the screens were blurry then too. And I just oh it's just if that was a walk-on ride, maybe a nice place to sit down sure, and see yeah. a cool animatronic. But the fact that there is one cool aspect of that ride and they did not give anything to really support that or give anything else cool in that ride to see. There's no backstory or anything <laughs> like that. There's nothing, and we're going to talk about it in a second, but there's no like reason why you're in Pandora or doing what you're doing like they do for Flight of Passage, even though those pre-shows are something else. Um, you just kind of walk through this dark cave and then you're on the ride and then you're done. It's just, it's not, it didn't feel very well thought out. But I think they needed to put another attraction over there to kind of pull people from Flight of Passage. Yeah, I just wish that they had had extra elements to be like, 
maybe like the the little like their little foxes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like why why weren't those animatronics? Why weren't there additional animatronics in some way, shape, or form? How do you put one? Right. I, I don't I don't get that. So tragical, a hundred percent. Case closed. You made a really good point, though. I, I like the point that you made about the uh, learning from Expedition Everest. Yeah, I thought that was a really good point because you think about Navi River Journey, you think about Rise of the Resistance. You know, when Kylo Ren is not working, there's a mode that the ride continues even though the animatronics not working. Yes, you get a digital version of him on a screen, but you still get to experience a scene in that room, and you don't, you know, get really taken out of the experience. Right. And I think that the ability to not have to close a ride to because like imagine if you had to put like, a, I don't know, a wall up in front of the shaman. You're literally just on a boat with maybe seeing a couple like foxes. Yeah. If if you're looking in the right direction, be really disappointing if the shaman was working. That's the whole part of the ride. But I mean, imagine going on and just seeing a screen of the shaman. Yeah. Like cool i guess but like wait <laughs> i do hope to see that someday just so that i can have I it on video and yeah. show what it looks like because i've never seen it in person but i have heard that that happens yeah and i'm sure that also the animatronics like around that time were being built better than you know as long ago as like expedition expedition everest and things like that so right, right. well i want to stay in pandora you do? <laughs> well, not really. But I want to stay in Pandora. Danny doesn't like Pandora. And we're going to go ahead and go to Avatar Flight of Passage. All now, right. the official description is, fly on the back of a mountain banshee during an exhilarating 3D ride above this vast moon only at Pandora, the world of Avatar. Now, I'm going to just preface this by saying, I enjoy going on this ride with my friends and family. I think it is a pretty ride. I think it is fun. (laughs) However, I will wholeheartedly say tragical because I do not think that Avatar belongs in Animal Kingdom. And I honestly just feel like when I go on this ride, it is so random. And as pretty as it is, this wait time is always unreal. Yeah, it is. Like... Right now, people it's, like it. What is it right now? 105 minutes on a Tuesday afternoon. Come on a Saturday and, you know, wait that long and right. it, it would be even longer. And I just, I don't love it. I will say I've never seen Avatar. However, it's not an animal. It's not an animal. It doesn't belong in an animal kingdom. Like, I will fight you on this if you disagree. Not you. Anybody. It's just my feeling. I find it tragical. I don't think that Pandora belongs in Animal Kingdom. And I, again, I enjoy going on this ride with my friends and family because they like it. I don't need it. I would say if Joe Rody says it's okay to be in Animal Kingdom, it's okay to be in Animal Kingdom. He didn't fix the Yeti. <laughs> sure, but he's <laughs> literally the brainchild behind the entire park. So, um, without that saying, it is the... The capital underline boldface, you know, font size 72. It is the best simulator ride in all of Disney. Mm-hmm. It is very, very cool. The 3D part, I don't love because with the glasses that they give you, you have to focus on one particular thing or it comes off kind of blurry. Yeah. So I don't love the 3D part of it, but 
it is so incredibly immersive between the the high definition screen that you're flying in front of the banshee bike thing that you're you're sitting on it's that it's breathing while you're on it you can feel it breathing um the smells the water effects the wind everything feels so real when you're on this ride it's absolutely incredible and if you haven't done it it's an absolute must you've got to go on it at least once or twice to kind of get the whole experience but i i love going on flight of passage when the line is short enough but when dan like like what danny said it it's always a crazy wait and right now even 120 minutes feels kind of low you know there's there's times during the year where this ride will hit 200 plus yeah and it's it's not worth that wait no ride is worth that wait for that matter but it's it's incredibly immersive um the smells the 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 effects the everything about it i enjoy and i always feel really good when i come off this ride so i would say capital letters magical I just, I, I totally respect that. And the thing is, I, lo- I like when people want to go on this ride. I enjoy the experience of the ride. I just don't love the, con- like the, the actual subject. Sure. I don't, it just, it irks me that it's like, they're like aliens. I think you need to watch it. I'll watch it, but also they're not animals. Like I just, I, I, I digress. But overall, one magical, one tragical but it's not going anywhere. You're going to so. get some heat for calling that ride tragical. Fine, come at me. Come <laughs> at me. Like, come on. Animal Kingdom, it's not an animal. Make it make sense. Sure. <laughs> but right, come well, at me. Well, speaking of animals, you want to hit the last attraction here? Yes. So the last attraction we're going to talk about is Kilimanjaro Safaris. Ride off in an open-air vehicle for a day or evening tour of a lush African savanna home to real live exotic animals. Now, one thing that I find very special about this ride, not just because you get a different experience every single ride, yes. you can get stuck in a spot because a giraffe doesn't want to move. Mm-hmm. You get to watch baby elephants one day. Maybe you see the lion roaring on top of his little Pride Rock nap time spot. Yeah. <laughs> Walt Disney would have been so happy with this ride. Well, that's what I was going to say. This is what Jungle Cruise was intended to be. What he wanted it to be. And he realized the actual, uh, you know, logistics of keeping all of those animals in the same place in a real capacity. And I think that if he could see what Animal Kingdom was, that's exactly what he wanted Jungle Cruise to be. What Walt Disney dreamed up in his head was, you know, this boat goes through the jungle and animals are always there to like roar and say hi to you and whatever. <laughs> but that's just not realistic. Let's right. be honest. It's more like the, the the scene from Jurassic Park where they first arrived at the park and they're going through on the little tour and none of the dinosaurs are there. That's yeah. how, yeah, that's how it would have been. Exactly. However, when you get to ride in this Jeep, the most amazing part is you're literally in their space. Yes. And they also, the drivers make it known to you that they are going to be respecting the animal space. If we mm-hmm. get caught on the ride because <laughs> because of... Uh, Crossing giraffes. Yes, because something's happening, you're just stuck there. Yep. And so overall, uh, I love this ride so much. Same. I think that this ride is magical. It's what Walt Disney dreamed up and the Imagineers brought to life. 
And I think getting to see these animals in the most beautiful, absolutely beautiful exhibits put seamlessly together is absolutely magical. From the water exhibits to the incredible recreation of an African savanna, this ride is so impressive. Uh, And like Danny said, it's different every single time. I have gone on back-to-back-to-back times before and seen different things and stopped for different portions of the ride because of things that were going on. But you get to see everything from flamingos to alligators to giraffes to lions to wildebeests to trees that you've never seen before. And it's just, it's so cool that that kind of thing is right in your backyard. And you can actually go and see animals from all around the world in what's very, or as close as possible to their natural habitats. It's just, it's it's mind-blowing. And, and the drivers are always so informative too. Like I love sometimes just listening to what they're saying. Like you're, you're driving by and you see this, this tree that looks like it's upside down and it has no leaves on it. You're like, what the heck is that? And they're like, well, over here's a baobab tree. And that, that tree is made up of 75% water and animals come and poke holes in it and drink the water. And it's like, oh my God, that's so cool. So I didn't get to tell you this actually, but the last time I went on it is a fantastic example of everything you get to see. Uh, the last time we went over near the, um, flamingos we got stopped right before we were going into the flamingo area mm-hmm. and we got told by our driver oh up ahead of a, a uh, ostrich is standing in the middle of the road they won't let anybody pass so we're gonna hang out and we proceeded for the next maybe like 10 minutes to watch baby elephants play in the water because we were just right there and we watched baby elephants play in the water that's so fun and it was so cute We saw so many elephants and it was just, uh, it was awesome. And like, that's not something you get to see every time, but every time you go, it's a different experience. Totally. And, you know, the animals, that's, that's their space. If we're not moving forward, then they're the bosses. And also anytime like animals are born, a lot of times you get to see them on the safari. And how cool is that to see Disney announce it on their social media and then in turn get to see the fruits of their labor yeah because animals don't reproduce unless they have all of their needs exceptionally met and it's obvious disney goes above and beyond so i guess we can just say overall this ride is absolutely magical and one other really cool thing too is that you see different things depending on what time of day you go on whether you go in the morning middle of the day or the last ride that they do which is usually like an hour or a half hour before dark um Sometimes like like the lions are usually sleeping during the day, but you get to sometimes see them when the sun is going down and they're up and walking around or roaring if you're really lucky. Um, and this ride also operates in the rain. You can actually go on an outdoor attraction here at Disney in the rain yeah. on Kilimanjaro safaris. And sometimes you see a lot more because it's raining. I was told a long time ago that it is the only ride on property that is outdoors and will continue running even if it's lightning outside or even if there's bad weather outside. Because one time I went and we just rode it over and over because everybody was hiding, but we were like... Let's keep going, baby. Let's safari. But guys, overall, there are so many things to do at Animal Kingdom. And if you're not convinced now that this is not a half-day park, then... 
I don't know what to tell you. There are so many amazing things to experience at this park and some things that we love and some things that we don't love. But overall, um, I was excited to talk about this. There's, there's actually, I feel like a lot more than I even realized at first thought. So I think this is a really fun magical or tragical. Absolutely. So thank you guys for joining us for magical or tragical. Another episode in this fan favorite series that a lot of you reached out to us and were like, Hey, we loved that Hollywood episode. Hollywood Studios episode. And so we decided to do another one this week. So hope you enjoyed it very, very much. We've got lots more magical or tragical to come to you in the really near future. And we'll be bringing that to you real soon. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all other podcast platforms. Be sure to follow at Park Hopper Show on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and now join our ever-growing following on TikTok. Head over to youtube.com slash a couple of park hoppers and subscribe to our channel for theme park videos and more. For one-stop access to all of our created content and to visit our merchandise store, visit a couple of parkhoppers.com. And until next time, we'll, we'll see, see you around, around the, the parks. parks.